are video games quickly becoming interactive movies? I mean, what do you think? Maybe? Let's get digitally distracted. Welcome back. It's time to get digitally distracted once again. I am Game Dave. I'm Gerald. And today's topic is video games versus movies and how video games are starting to change mm -hmm. more and more as we get into more intense forms of technology as things progress. And movies, I don't know if movies are, are quite the same either, but... That's sort of our topic for today. So, how you been, Gerald? You doing good? I'm doing great. Doing good today? Yeah. You ready to talk about some gaming movies? Let's movies do it. and gaming? Let's do it. So, first off, old school gaming experiences. Let's sort of compare because we got to talk about where they were. Right. If we're going to talk about where they might be going right. in the future. So, old school games. What do you think made retro games, which really vintage games, work? Why do you think they were fun hmm. in the old days? Let's think, just go NES era. Mm -hmm. Why are NES games fun? Well, I think they were fun when they first came out because graphically speaking, it was amazing. It was something completely different. Isn't that funny looking at that now and right. saying, that was amazing. I mean, what a leap forward. Mm -hmm. From the Atari. Yeah. Yeah, the Atari you know? was, that was rough. Like, I have an Atari 2600. It's very rare that I plug that bad boy up. I mean, it was a lucky find at a yard sale. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? It's pretty mint. It's got some games with it. It'd be nice to have one. I picked it up. Had no experience with Atari as a kid. Mm -hmm. But I think even then, I think the Atari would have been a little bit too primitive for me to wrap my mind around. Yeah. Yeah. Did you start with an Atari? I did not. I had uh, some friends who had Ataris. Mm -hmm. And kind of similar situation they never really captured my imagination so you stayed away i stayed away really no interest in them yeah very simple single screen games mm -hmm. very simple graphics and i think the main thing you had to use for those older school graphical games is your imagination yeah because i know there's a lot of talk in the um gaming youtube community about uh indiana jones game and how it's like you really have to use your imagination to realize what the different sprites are representing. Right. The, the things on screen in Atari games don't really represent them. Mm -hmm. And I think when we got into the 8-bit generation with Nintendo's graphics, it was a little bit easier to represent Oh, things. absolutely. Absolutely. But still primitive. Yeah. Primitive. The, the, the game I remember playing before the NES... Uh, so on the Atari system was Pitfall. And that was the first game that I remember I, I wanting. I really wanted that game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so you had some semblance of like a little, your little figure. Yep. And you would swing across alligators. Yep, and there were like backgrounds. That. You kind of moved from screen to screen, yeah, which was yeah, kind of new. It wasn't yeah. just one single screen. And then, of course, the NES just took it to a whole other level. Yeah. 
um, expanded on that, oh, that yeah. aspect. But still, do you really know what was? I mean, what was he trying to do in that game? I I have no idea. Right, survive. When do you think, for you, story started to show up in games? Mario. It was definitely Mario. The original Super Mario mm-hmm. Brothers? Okay. So. And, and. Okay, and. Same system, Contra. Contra. Big right. game for me. So if you were to describe the story of the original Super Mario Brothers, Give it to me. What's the story? Save the princess. Save the princess. Okay, so pretty... Pretty basic. Pretty limited. Yeah. Save the princess. Yep. Did you, as a kid, did you get any more out of it other than, oh, I'm just trying to get this princess? Yeah, I did not. At the same time, I didn't need to. Mm-hmm. It was just to, like... Just to get you going. Yeah, experience the levels. Like, of course, you know, like, what's the goal of, of the whole game? Princess, fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I never thought I need to you know, rescue the princess, it was, I need to beat this level. So the fun of it was the gameplay. Yes. And, you know, exploring those levels. Yeah. It's, you know, you're making me think, and that's interesting. That's a true statement. And I'm just thinking nowadays how that's almost flipped. Yes. <laughs> You've deduced my <laughs> my plan so well. So Contra, describe the story of Contra. What do you know about Contra or Remember? Remember was basically you're trying to stop the alien invasion. Mm-hmm. You know, kill right. the aliens basically. And shoot the the colon looking creatures. That yeah, yeah. Going inside the monsters. Yeah, yeah. Contra. Ooh, Contra was a tough. Uh, I was never good at Contra. Mm-hmm. Still not good at Contra. Hmm. Even with the uh, Konami code, still terrible. Wow. At Contra, I never beat Contra. Hmm. Did you ever beat Contra? I did. That I, I don't beat very many games, mm-hmm. um, as per previous episode I think yes. we talked about. Yes, um, But I beat Contra, and I beat Life Force, which was... The shooter. Yes. A very good game. It was a great game. I relied on my sister's boyfriend at the time, who was a couple years older than I was, so his hand-eye coordination was more developed than mine, mm-hmm. and uh, beat it with his help. And I remember... It was the coolest thing. I think that might have been the first game that I beat. Life Force? Yeah. Wow. And it was so cool. Yeah, mine would have definitely been Super Mario Brothers. Uh-huh. I'm sure that was the first game I, I finished. Mm-hmm. You know, because it was, that's what I think is so great about Mario games is for the most part, they can, most anyone could finish them. Yeah. With minimal frustration. Yeah. Like there's levels that are annoying. But, you know, aside from all the secret stages and unlocking every little thing and yeah. the little intricacy of the world, most people can beat a Super My mom used to beat Super Mario Brothers all the time. Like, it was nothing. It was easy. Oh, Joyce. Oh, Joyce. <laughs> Game Joyce. Getting her cameo in. But, yeah, I never really thought about I mean, yeah, I knew that that's what you're doing is saving the princess. But, yeah, same thing. I didn't really think about that while I was playing. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about beating the levels. Right. Like, I got to jump that flagpole, get those, get those uh, points. Yep. yep. Get yep. those points, get through the underwater level, deal with these mm-hmm. squid. Oh my gosh. Stupid. I hated them. Those, were, inky those squid. were the worst. Yeah. So I think that was the thing in the beginning was it was all about the gameplay. Mm-hmm. And there's still some imagination going into it because it didn't feel like, I, I don't think I ever felt like Mario was a real guy. Right, right, right. When did a story... When did you start to see that flip? When did you start to care Man. more about the story than the graphics and the gameplay? Wow. Like, I'd, yeah. I'd say that's more recent. Okay. Um, gee. 
Think just think of a game that you played for the story. What's a game you played for the story? Uh, Mass Effect. Mass Effect. Okay. Yeah. So you you were focused on the story throughout that game. Yeah. Yeah, definitely more so than... wasn't all about min-maxing no. and getting the best stuff. It was no. about progressing was a, yep. in the story. Yeah, because I think the characters were so well done. I wanted to learn about them and get to know them. So it was almost... I was just trying to get to cutscene to cutscene. Or in the level, I'm listening to the banter that's going on. That's what I'm focusing on. Mm -hmm. And it's less about the actual gameplay. Yeah, for me... That's when I started to focus on and notice that stories could matter in a game. Mm -hmm. It was cutscenes. Yeah. Cutscenes was like a huge thing, especially in the PS1 era. Cutscenes were a huge deal, mm -hmm. especially with RPGs, mm -hmm. because you would have the actual game and that would look a certain way. Mm -hmm. And then you would get to a certain point and it would like fade to black. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, cutscenes coming. Yeah. And it would fade up with this. They look primitive now. Right. But at the time, it was like, whoa, look at this CG cutscene. Yeah. I mean, even in Final Fantasy, mm -hmm. seeing those cutscenes, it was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. I, I thought about that, you know, cho choosing that game first. Um, but I still think I was more interested in the gameplay than the cutscenes mm -hmm. for those games. And it wasn't it wasn't until, you know, the the industry evolved a little bit more refined itself a little bit more and then i thought wow this i need to see where this is going yeah i think with rpgs for me it's always been both even with the newer games mm -hmm. it's always been a combination of story and gameplay because of my completionist mindset right you know final fantasy 7 yeah the story though it's kind of a tricky story to follow like, mm -hmm. it's kind of convoluted and weird welcome yeah. to the world of final fantasy right at least PS1 and on Final Fantasy, you don't know what's going on half the time. Like you can understand the basic concept mm -hmm. of what's going on in Final Fantasy 7. You know, you're this ex-soldier, you're meeting up with this ragtag group, you're just trying to get your payday and move on and then you start to see this whole other thing with Sephiroth and this this past that you have to confront and then it's not even your real past. Spoilers, it was right. Zack and you took over his yeah, it's a whole complicated. Sorry to give away the whole game. You know, if you haven't played it by now. Right. <laughs> you're obviously just waiting for the remake ff7 right. remake if that's ever going to happen mm -hmm. and that'll probably be more story driven or feel more cinematic than the original because cloud was pretty awkward looking i mean mm -hmm. it's a pretty clunky sprite i mean if you could call it a sprite polygonal creature right. and then in the cg there were almost like different levels of cg cutscenes in final fantasy 7 because there was like a more highly rendered version of the in-game cloud mm -hmm. in some cutscenes, and then there's these other cutscenes where it's like full-on like they tried to make him look relatively human right you know like when eris passes and you gotta drop her in the water like relatively they're not as blocky looking but then there's some cg pre-render cutscenes where he is blocky so it was still i wonder why they made that decision that's yeah. kind of interesting to mm -hmm. see or even like the difference between cloud on the world map or um in the actual game play and then when you go into a battle you know clouds you know the character looks way better right but that was yeah that always kind of bugged me why couldn't it be that cloud the whole time obviously because the power right the power but i'm guessing with the remake it'll all look the same yeah hopefully i guess too hopefully and so i think rpgs is where i started to care more about the story because even in like final fantasy 5 
which I didn't really experience until the PlayStation because we did not get Final Fantasy V here in America until they were released on the PlayStation as Final Fantasy Anthology, mm. which had Final Fantasy V and VI ported. And I fell in love with Final Fantasy V. And it's such a quirky, kind of goofy game, but there's a story to it that I was really into. I was really into Bartz's travels, or Butts, as he's known in Japan, which is a B-U-T-Z. Did you know that? I did not. Butts. Did you play Final Fantasy V? I did not. So Final Fantasy V, I think, is where it had the... It really got to the nitty-gritty of the job class system. Hmm where you were unlocking job classes throughout the game as you went and tried to protect these crystals, and the crystal fragments would give you the job classes. Like, gotcha. And there were so many, and that's such a non-story thing. Like, the job classes have nothing to do with the story, mm. so it's like this so, totally separate abstract thing, which allowed me to kind of separate the way I played the game and the way I enjoyed the story, because they didn't have to do with one another in a weird way. But all the class, I mean, Black Mage, Time Mage, Blue Mage, Ninjas, Samurai, like, it was crazy, hmm. the different classes that were in Final Fantasy V. And it's just such a such a fun game. And there's some, you know, there's some death that you gotta deal with. Like, everybody whines about Aeris dying, but, I mean, Final Fantasy V is a little death situation. The pros out there know what I'm talking about. You know, and I felt for that. in, which, of course, right. big fan, uh, you know, the big thing is your... Your loyal servant throughout the first like half of the game who's with you the whole time sacrifices himself for you. And I remember that mattering. Mm -hmm. And even that game, is it's a 2D sprite-based game. Mm -hmm. It's not a 3D game, even though it was on the PlayStation. That mattered to me. That's impressive. I was like, dang, why I care about these characters. Right. And that's when the story started to matter. And it got to the point where I wanted... It to be almost like it was a movie. Right. And there actually is, uh, in Japan, there were like Suikoden movies, I think, hmm. based on the original novel, which mm. was just about, you know, 108 stars of destiny come together. They're not really like the Suikoden games. Totally different situation, but that's that deep, that deep Suikoden lore that I'm not going to get into. But to go back to our constant reference to Dungeons and Dragons, my first Dungeons and Dragons campaign that I full on DM that we completed was based on the story of Suikoden. Oh, interesting. Because I was like, none of these guys have played Suikoden. Right, perfect. We basically went through the the storyline elements, the major story elements of Suikoden, and I could pull them from memory. Right, what What did your players think of that? Oh, they loved it. Wow. Um, and it wasn't until later on that I was like, you know, it's actually kind of based on Suikoden. Huh. Because I added, I added some gameplay elements mm -hmm. that were kind of from the Suikoden games as like an additional thing. That's like, pretty cool. Suikoden is sort of, magic all comes from the runes in the game, which are like these sort of orbs that can be embedded in your your head mm -hmm. or your hands. In the original game, you'd only have one. Uh, and then in the second game, you'd have three. So what I did was, as, as certain characters would progress in their, I guess, personalities and their role-playing, in addition to their level and things like that, they would acquire these runes in certain story situations that would be attached. It would give them special abilities in combat that they otherwise wouldn't have in the game that didn't exist. And right. they were all based on runes from Suikoden. So it was like that mix of the gameplay and also the story. Yeah, Suikoden's story really got me. And Suikoden 2, same sort of situation where it's like, you know, getting emotional over a video game. Mm -hmm. I think that, that kind of Which is crazy when me. you think about it. 
Oh, yeah. Especially a, a 2D yeah. sprite-based game. That's insane. A lot harder to get emotionally invested in an 8-bit game on the NES. Like, mm-hmm. the original Final Fantasy, which I played and loved, <laughs> the story felt super bare-bones, almost Super Mario-style, mm-hmm. where, I mean, the final fa- original Final Fantasy story is that you are these warriors of light that are sent out on a quest to restore light to the crystals of the world that basically run the world and keep it in balance or whatever and avoid chaos, Mm -hmm. which is a spoiler. The final boss is chaos. Big winged freak, a creature, a Batman, Mm. winged freak Batman. But when you start Final Fantasy, did you ever play the original on NES? Uh, No. So this is how it goes. You start the game up. It gives you like a little backstory about the light year, the light, the light years, the light warriors. Mm -hmm. And then you hit start. If you start a new game, you have four character slots and you choose what class you want them to be. Fighter, uh, black mage, white mage, thief, black belt, Mm -hmm. (laughs) black belt. There's a class. There's a class that isn't talked about much in Final Fantasy, the old black belt. And then you can name them up to four, four characters. Mm -hmm. And then you hit start and the game just starts. There's no intro. Hmm. There's no uh, preface. There's no exposition. You're just dropped and you're in the middle of the town with your whatever your first character is as the world map control. Right. right. And you can walk around and you can get into fights in the outside world area or you can go into the town that you start in. You go into the town, you can buy things or whatever, but you're not really told what to do. So unless you know to go to the castle in the town and go all the way up to the king, the king gives you that very slight exposition, which is like, oh, please save my daughter right, from Garland. And that's it. And if you didn't go to the, like when I first played the game, I don't think I ever went to the castle because I wasn't thinking. It's just this 2D flat map of a town and any direction that you walk into the town houses. Mm-hmm. Or the village, you just show up in the village. So I didn't think about the castle being separate from that. Mm-hmm. So I just left and I start walking around. And then I go all the way to this busted down castle and I start fighting this guy. You know, it's like, oh, I have I have the princess. It's this whole thing. It's like, what? What is even what? Right. He just drops you in. So you'd have to know to check with the king first. You know, and I would just immediately die because I didn't level up the right. first time I played. I didn't know I had to grind. So you have to grind at the very beginning of the game just for the first fight, wow. which is against Garland. So the first thing you do, the first quest you do in the game of Final Fantasy on NES is save the princess. Wow. It's the first thing you do. And then you get sent off to relight the crystals. Mm. And it's still super abstract and not detailed enough to where you really know what your purpose is or who you are or mm. why you matter why you're even there you just pop up like if you're these famous warriors of light like what have you been doing up to this point right how did the light go away like it's just a weird it's like the light and the crystals just stopped i guess is the impression that it gives you and then saving the princess the king's like all right you saved my daughter i'm gonna build you a bridge so you can go explore the other parts of the world and then the real intro of the game starts and you go off on this journey Again, with no explanation, just, all right, I build you, build you a bridge so you can go get to work. But it doesn't tell you what to do. Hmm. So you're just exploring until you hit a town or you hit something that you can talk to. Hmm. Or you find a cave. It is like the most, it feels like the most open world 
you could get on the NES. Mm. You don't, you are given no direction. You're just plopped in there and right. you go. Right. And it's almost synonymous with Breath of the Wild. If you took away the intro to Breath of the Wild, gotcha. Um, you you really just kind of go out and you're just there, with no direction. You can just do figure it out. Good luck. You know, I mean, there's a little bit of exposition in the beginning when you get your Sheikah slate and you're you're waking up as Link or whatever, and you just go out, which um, to be annoying, Link. So Breath of the Wild is the first game where you have to be named Link. Hmm. Like he just he is Link. The other games you could name him. You know, which I prefer, you know, I don't like to be that. I want to be me, should be Dave. Right. Frustrating. Is that weird? That's... Do you name characters in RPGs? I. Do you name them Gerald? No. Jerbear? No. <laughs> no? No. Really? Yeah. So you just keep there. So when you played Final Fantasy VIII, uh-huh. which apparently, I it's, it's so weird. We've known each other so many years. I did not know you were a big Final Fantasy VIII fan. How did that never come up? I don't know. Weird. Very strange. Very, very strange. So did you, he kept his name yeah. as Squall? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I know I'm the minority when it comes to naming at least just the main character. I keep all the other names the same. Mm-hmm. And then I'll name the main character Dave for my own. Because then I can be that. I'm that person. Mm. I'm in the movie of that game. Gotcha. Interesting. See how kind of. Interesting. See, I kind of brought it back yeah. to the video games versus movies. Stories mattering. I think when we got into the 3D realm, it was easier for a game to feel like an interactive movie. Yeah, absolutely. And cutscenes certainly helped. And, and the fact that you were looking forward to cutscenes and Mass Effect, mm-hmm. I think, shows how good that game's story was for yeah. you. How'd you feel about the, the, the last Mass Effect? And I know everybody hated it. You know... I didn't mind it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I can see how, if there was a certain expectation. That so you think it was met. an expectation issue that yeah. ruined it for people? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Um, my bar was pretty low. I mean, I was disappointed with the second ending. So I didn't really appreciate the second ending until maybe a year ago. I was uh, reading an article about it, and they they suggested a couple things about the ending. And I thought, you know what, I, I can appreciate that now. But at the time, I didn't. So my bar was really low going into it. So, going you, into, so you were able to enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Because so I I suspected I was going to enjoy the build up to the ending mm-hmm. and and the gameplay, and I did, but. That's My- what happened to me with Final Fantasy XV. Okay, is I went into it thinking I was going to hate it because I was like, "Who are these hipster douches?" Right, with their fancy car. Son of the King is a spoiled brat. Man, funny. And then I was like, "Oh wow, I'm going with a- go in with low expectations." Yep, just like in life. Yep, no <laughs> expect the worst. Right, and you'll be happy every time. Do you think Mass Effect should uh, or could have been a movie? Man, you know, the games were so good, and... and If you took away all the gameplay and just focus on the story and the characters, could they have made a good... Because, let's see, I'm not a Mass Effect player because mm-hmm. I don't like uh, spaceships. Right. I don't like space in my uh, RPG fantasy. Fair enough. It's just me. I gotta get over that. It's my problem, not yours. Don't complain about it in the comments. <laughs> they will! But, yeah, if you took all that out and just had the story and characters, could Mass Effect... 
be a good movie? I'm going to say no, because they did such a good job with the game. It's it's a huge part of it. Yeah. I mean, Without there's that, no... Something would be missing. Yeah. There's no... So, l- let me rephrase your question. So, um, would they remake the games into a movie? Or if the games didn't exist, and you just took the cutscenes and made this you know, flesh this out into a movie. Yeah, if you took this the solid, just look at the first Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. If you took just the story mm-hmm. of Mass Effect mm-hmm. and, you know, did whatever you had to do to fill in the in-between gotcha. and give some backstory and end story, okay. could that make a good oh, yeah. movie? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. If it was entirely based on it and it didn't do the classic thing that video game movies do where they try to make it their own, right. it would be fine. I think so. And you think it would do well? If it had, I the do. Right, had the right cast, yeah, the right director, yeah, I do. Okay, okay. I never thought about that, and that kind of blows my mind. That's something I think about a lot when I'm playing a story-driven game, especially a role-playing game. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this could be a movie, which is sometimes a bad thought to have because then they do it mm-hmm. and it's awful. Right, you know that's like the curse, right, of video games becoming movies, and generally doesn't go well. Generally, what's the first video game movie you remember seeing? Have you seen any? I, I watched probably now in our conversation, I might think of an earlier movie, but the first one that I think of is the Final Fantasy movie. Okay, the space movie, yeah, another space movie, right? Yeah, I forget the, the subtitle, sci fi, the spirits within. Yes, that's it, that's it. Oh, that was on that was on my list of. <clears throat> things to trash. I mean, talk I about. didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. See, and it gets a lot of, a lot of flack. I was actually blown away that the whole, the, I, the whole movie was CGI. I mean, that, that was animation that, that blows me away. I was really impressed with that. <laughs> I remember being, I haven't seen it since the first time I saw it. You didn't see it in theaters. Did you? I did. I did. This guy saw Final Fantasy. This so you had the chance to be super disappointed in theaters, but you weren't. Yeah, I was. I did not see it in theaters. I saw it after. And uh, hey, I like Alec Baldwin. He was in it. And there was a chocobo on a T-shirt. So I guess Final Fantasy. It shouldn't have been called Final Fantasy. That's it should have, fair. It should have just been called. It should have been. A, it's a Hironobu Sakaguchi picture. The creator of Final Fantasy made a movie. Just call it the spirits within. That's fair. That's all, and then make your little Final Fantasy references. Right. Oh, I get it, because Chocobo, because he made the games, but it didn't need to be a Final Fantasy. That's game. fair. That's fair enough. I can see that. Yeah, they. It was strictly. I think he, they put Final Fantasy on the title to get more people to watch it. Sure. Because would you have watched it if it was called the Spirits Within? You no, know, probably not. Well. <sighs> People probably 50-50. Yeah, people would not have paid attention to it mm-hmm. if it didn't have the word Final Fantasy. The words Final Fantasy. You know, it probably would have been interpreted as some sort of like kids movie because this is a time before. And it's not a kids movie. No, 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 no. But this is when you know those sort of animations were still really in the realm of children's movies. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I, I would say it was a stepping stone where I was like, oh, you can tell an adult story mm-hmm. with CG. I mean, and, that, and that's become a big thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's still CG movies now that can be for adults. I mean, uh, Robert Zemeckis messed around with that with, um, you know what I'm thinking of. 
the mythical the mythical to Beowulf. Yeah. Right? That was supposed to be a big deal yeah. because he made this movie all CG. Right. Not a big fan of that movie. But it can work. Right. It can work. But it shouldn't have been called Final Fantasy because it really wasn't a Final Fantasy movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's a true statement. However, then they decided, let's make a real Final Fantasy movie. And that's where we get Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. Mm. Did you see that? No. So you'll see the spirits within, but right. you won't watch an actual Final Fantasy movie right. that takes place two years after Final Fantasy VII. Okay. <laughs> well, I did, obviously, because big Final Fantasy VII sure. fanboy. I'm surprised you were willing to give it a second chance after... Spirits Within. Oh, yeah. Well, I could I could already tell because there was so much promotion okay, for that movie. So I was like, I already know I'm not going to like this because it's some space movie, mm-hmm. some sci-fi space movie that just says called Final Fantasy. And I remember the ads was in magazines. They had pictures of the main character, like all like, look, I'm like a real woman. It's like, nah, you look a little awkward. It looks mm-hmm. weird. So I was already planned to be disappointed, which the low bar did not work in that. Wow. respect because i was like nope it's somehow lower than the bar that i set for. wow that's an accomplishment in and of itself it is but final fantasy 7 i was so invested in that game like final fantasy 7 is a game i've probably played through seven or eight times mm. from start to finish mm-hmm. you know sometimes for the story sometimes for the the min maxing craziness i remember spending hours and days in the exploring the sunken galinka I think that's what it's called. The sunken Galinka is the ship, the sub that crashed underwater that you can access when you have the submarine. And in there are these creatures called unknowns. And you can morph, using the morph ability, you can morph the unknowns into sources, Hmm. like power source and defense, I don't know what it's called, like guard source. And you take those sources and you permanently raise stats. Nice. So if you get a power source, you raise your strength by one point permanently. Wow. So I would go down there and for hours I would just farm. Oh, absolutely. And farm and farm and farm until I maxed out cloud stats. It was insane. Mm-hmm. It broke the game. I loved it. Sure. Every, every oh. gosh darn minute of it. I loved it. So, of course, a movie... That continues the story of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. And it was... It was okay. It was it was the okayest of video game movies. Because mm-hmm. I was... I went in with high expectations, yeah. which was a mistake. The voice acting was okay. Pretty good. Uh, Cloud, you know, this is the same guy who does the voice for Kingdom Hearts. Say what you will about Kingdom Hearts. But the, the voice actor they chose for Cloud... Steven, I believe it's Steven Bloom, Bloom, Steven, whatever. I think his first name's Steven. He's a good cloud, good cloud voice. Mm -hmm. I like it. And so the the voice acting was fine. The fight scenes were a little over the top. It's a lot of like, I call them flight fight scenes. Mm. Or I remember the um, Chinese film Hero. Remember that? Yes. It was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And it was all this, a lot of wire work. Mm -hmm. These flight fight scenes. That's that's kind of what it reminded me of. It was that style where they're just falling from the sky for 10 minutes fighting. Right. And it's a little ridiculous. Mm. And Cloud's still swinging his buster sword right. while in the air. It's a little weird. So the fight scenes, some of them were really good. I think the first fight with uh, Tifa was really good. That was a fun one um, in the church, that short one. 
a little violent. But it, it didn't really progress much of the original game. It was kind of this just this whole Sephiroth has these weird spawn things and they're like the incarnation of Sephiroth. So it was just another Sephiroth story. Gotcha. And that annoyed me. Because like, oh, we gotta put Sephiroth in because he's so popular. You can't not have a Final Fantasy VII movie without Sephiroth in it. I would have preferred like flashback scenes of when Cloud was a young person in soldier or guard. Well, mm -hmm. he didn't actually make it. Uh, when he was a guard for Shinra and, you know, he saw Sephiroth from afar. I think that would have been fun to explore. And then have some new villain or some new issue. Instead yeah. of it being these three sort of split off spawns of Genova and Sephiroth or whatever, confusing classic Final Fantasy VII, mm -hmm. super confusing whatever's going on there that all just end up being, oh, no, he just has to fight Sephiroth again at the end of the movie. So spoilers. Right. He fights Sephiroth <laughs> at the end of the movie in the air. They fly around and fight. He, like, re is reborn. I didn't like that. I would want to see the next iteration. What's the sure. next? Progress the story. Don't Sounds rehash like a, it. a missed opportunity, yeah. Yes, yes. And then there was, like, an extended version called, like, Advent Children Complete because there were a lot of scenes they left out. Gotcha. It's actually a pretty long movie to be a CGI movie. The CG is amazing for mm -hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the music, really good soundtrack, good score. I bought the score before mm. I bought the movie. Wow. I watched it at a friend's house first, but I think that's that was a situation where video games to movies can be okay. Mm. Now, a live action Final Fantasy VII probably would not have been very good. Probably wouldn't work. You know, it's funny because I think of Mass Effect. They had that commercial for, was it the third one? Or, I forget what it was for, but they had the live action Commander mm -hmm. Shepard trailer. Yeah, 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 and it looked amazing. And I'm mm -hmm. thinking, man, if that was a whole movie like that, I would, I would totally watch that. Yeah, absolutely. And even if you go back to like Resident Evil, they had like mm -hmm. live action actors playing the characters of, you know, from Resident Evil, which is kind of weird, mm -hmm. but a little uh, much more cheesy, right, compared to Mass Effect. What um, are there any video game movies based on video games that you like? Hmm. You think about that. Yeah. Because it's time for a game break. Wow. Already. It's that time already. It is. So this oh, game nice. break going to be pretty simple. I want you to think of a game, which we may have already answered this question. What game would you want to see made into a movie? So if you could pick a video game mm. that you would want to see as a movie, what would that game be? What game should get the Hollywood treatment? You know, probably The Witcher. The Witcher? Yeah. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, really looking forward to that uh that TV show <laughs> for Netflix. Really looking so forward to Netflix, that. So Netflix Witcher original series. Yeah. Yeah. Really looking forward to that. Okay, so we'll say that. Yeah, so movie or yeah. original series. I mean, Netflix original series are basically movies mm -hmm. stretched out mm -hmm. to like 15 episodes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's your game. Yeah. All right, so for me, see, I would naturally want to say Suikoden, mm -hmm. but I don't think it would be impossible. There'd be no way because the whole thing is 108 Stars of Destiny. I don't think you could develop the characters enough. A lot of components. In a film to accomplish that. What mm -hmm. you'd have to do is you would have to take, say, 10, 10 of like the major significant characters of the 108 stars mm -hmm. 
and focus on them. Mm -hmm. And then the others would have to sort of, the other 98 would have to sort of be these background kind of characters that you kind of see, but you never really see all of them. You know what I mean? Right. Almost like a war movie where it's like, oh, they're in there. Right. But they're not in there. That's a good comparison. That's probably what they would have to do. Mm Because in a way, Suikoden is a big war story. It's Mm -hmm. it's about building up an army for a big war. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would love to see it as a movie, but I don't think it could be done right. Probably not. They would have to really modify. They could probably do it if they ignored the 108 mm. sort of aspect but of then, it. But then, you know, is it really true to... to Not really. The game, yeah. yeah. Then it would be more a movie about the characters. It'd be, like, inspired by the characters right. of the games. Right, right. That's, that's what I would like to see, but I don't think... Mm-hmm. I don't think it could happen. I would like to see another Final Fantasy movie. Mm. Most people would be like, nah, I don't, I don't need to see that. But with Final Fantasy fifteen. The great thing about 15, the good and bad about 15, is that they did kind of two movies in a way. They did an, an, uh, an OVA, mm-hmm. original video animation, a Japanese OVA, called Brotherhood, which sort of talks about the beginnings of the main characters from Final Fantasy 15. And it was really fun to see those characters before you see them in the game, and they were sort of led up to the game. And then also... The Final Fantasy XV movie, CG sort of film, that takes place right before the game starts. And in my review, that was one of the biggest complaints I had, was that that stuff could have been in the game, but they separated it out. Mm. And unless, which is a disappointment if you only played the game. If you watched Brotherhood and you watched the Final Fantasy XV sort of big movie prior to playing the game, you would be you'd be good because it fills in the gaps because Final Fantasy 15 just picks up with you kind of leaving. It doesn't really lead up to it, but you, you, you leave the, the Citadel or the city, the, um, your father, you leave, you go off on this trip to check on some things. And while you're gone, the whole, your home is destroyed mm-hmm. completely. And in the game, you don't actually know that's happened until, a couple hours in, you find out that the whole capital, your hometown, is destroyed mm-hmm. beyond belief. The whole kingdom. And you're like, what? And there's no, there's no rule anymore. It's gone. And the movie goes over what happened hmm. while you're gone. Hmm. Kind of. It's a pretty interesting yeah. way of doing it. So, yeah. so that was that was kind of interesting. Now let's go the other way. Let's switch okay. it up. Let's okay. switch it up. What movie would you want to see made into a game? Because that happens too. Yeah, it's true. Because you've got, uh, <laughs> and then sometimes they go back and forth where you've got Street Fighter, mm-hmm. and then you had Street Fighter the movie, right? and then you had Street Fighter the movie, the game. Wow. Which was the <laughs> wow. Street Fighter game starring the characters based on their movie interpretations. Street Fighter the movie, the game <laughs> is a pretty wild one. So what movie do you think would make a really good video game? Because we've it's happened before. I mean, a lot of superhero movies yeah. end up becoming games. That's like the staple. Mm-hmm. What would be a good movie to bring into the game sphere? Wow. Um, hmm. You keep thinking. Yeah. I'll keep you going. Uh, Ghostbusters, of course, happened. Sure. Which was great. It ended up being kind of Ghostbusters 3. Right. It's considered canon, technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, great game. Acting's a little stilted. Bill Murray was kind of like doing an impression of Bill Murray in that <laughs> in that game, but I still great game. 
so there was that. Uh huh. Back to the Future got a game. Right. Which again kind of continued the story after three. Back to the Future three. Is that the point and click game or is yes, that... yes, point and click adventure game. Yeah, I really I we both love that trilogy. Oh yeah. That'll be an episode. Wow. For sure. I tried to play the point and click. I couldn't get into it. Really it wanted to. It felt really mm, cheesy to me. It just kind of frustrated me. I like the beginning, sort of playing through the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm never, I've never been a big point and click adventure gamer. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of took me out of it. But, you know, I kind of pushed myself through it just to, to experience the story. There was a time when I was into those kind of games like the monkey island yeah king's era. quest yeah yeah that's when the classics man the right. classics um it's hard to do nowadays yeah i think sierra was a big game developer Ooh, yeah. yeah you know it was it was appropriate for the time and then kind of like uh choose your own adventure books it's i just can't get into it now mm-hmm. you know that that moment has passed yeah so is there a movie that you'd want to see as a game is there a yeah. movie that you would want to play because Kind of the big idea of this topic today is that games are slowly becoming more like big productions. It's true. They're, they cost more than a movie to make. They have more people working on them than a movie sometimes, it's these true. AAA titles. Yeah. And they're like big interactive movies. And then with VR, you really have potential to be in the movie mm-hmm. in a game. Mm-hmm. So what what is a movie that you would want to play? Man, I don't that's a good question. Mine's yeah. a really dumb one. I mean, I'll give you mine first. Okay. Mine's a stupid one. It's probably not a realistic answer. Okay. But we've got a Ghostbusters game. Uh-huh. One of my top movies of all time. We got a Back to the Future game. One of my favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. One of my other favorite movies of all time, Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah. Now, that would probably tank. But uh, or I don't even know what it would be. Right. But a Beetlejuice game that isn't the ones we got. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you know this. There was a Beetlejuice. I game. didn't know that. No. <laughs> there's in. There's technically been two Beetlejuice games. Wow. Disgusting. So there was Beetlejuice on the NES, mm-hmm. which is rough, very mm. rough, sort of platforming, open, free explore platformer. Really mm-hmm. weird. It's not a left to right platformer. It's one where you can kind of go into buildings and hmm. it's very. It's not great. It's okay. made by LGN, LJN, which is considered a really rough video game company by some. I don't. I think LGN has put together some okay games. Uh, it, it's worth being defended. Mm-hmm. But Beetlejuice is not a great one. I own it. It's not a great one. And then with Lego Dimensions, mm. you know, you know the Lego Dimensions games with the little. You have the little portal, and you get these figures, and you place them, and then you can play. Mm-hmm scenes from movies and stuff in this lego form there was one for back to the future there's been Hmm. ones for ghostbusters they released a beetlejuice um expansion for lego dimensions where you go in and play and explore a beetlejuice sort of explore the movie a little Hmm. bit Mm -hmm. but it's not a full game right i would like to see a a real beetlejuice game Hmm. it probably wouldn't work (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't know how just that would to complete work. my trifecta. Of fade, yeah, that fade that'd movies be difficult. <laughs> oh, I think obviously it was it was tough on the NES. They, right, they didn't really pull that off. <laughs> now, a lot of movies make. I mean, in the NES era, there were a lot of movie to game adaptations of movies that you wouldn't think would be games, like Beetlejuice. You wouldn't think that would be a game. No, no, you wouldn't. And then you had a lot of these R-rated films. 
that ended up being games on the NES. Dirty Harry mm. was a game on the NES. Well, I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, Total Recall. Yes. Was a game. Yep. On the NES. Terminator yep. game on the NES. Robocop. Well, those obviously yep. action games. Right, more right, sense. right, right. Forgot about those games. There was a Dark Man video game. Forgot about that. Yeah, which I reviewed. So, and I love the movie Dark Man. Mm -hmm. the, whole, the first one. Just mm -hmm. the first one. The other two. No. No, no, no. But the, the Dark Man game was okay. Right. It was okay. It followed the story of the movie pretty well. So you can't really think of one, huh? You a know, movie that should be a game. You know, in retrospect, right now, I think the things that you think would be games probably already are. Right. <laughs> Just because I like, I like this movie a lot, and I think there's oh my gosh, endless possibilities. The character creations, so cool. I think Labyrinth would be a really cool game. Set a modern that, game. Right. A modern game, yeah. Set in that sort of Goblin Kingdom mm -hmm. universe. Was there a Labyrinth game? There might have been. I know there was a uh, a Willow game. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> a couple I, of Willow I, games. I love that movie. Yeah. yeah I love think that movie. I think there's two. There was an arcade Willow game. I think there was one in the arcade. There was an NES Willow Begley, game. Begley, yeah. Yeah. My friend growing up in elementary school had Willow for NES, and I had never heard of the movie. Mm -hmm. It's Val Kilmer, right? Yeah. Val Kilmer. Yeah. Val Kilmer didn't, I'd never heard of the movie. I was like, what's this game, Willow? And it was really weird. I didn't understand it. Right. It's one where you probably need some prior knowledge to really get it. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I watched Willow before I really paid attention to who actors were, mm -hmm. and I, I loved that movie. And then ended up seeing Top Gun, as you do. Right. Right. <laughs> and that was the first role where I associated an actor with a role. And I was like, Val Kilmer, I don't like that actor. I hate that actor, blah, blah, blah. You know? <laughs> really? And then I was, I was talking to my buddy. Um, Man, you know, remember that movie, Willow, how cool that movie was? And then it hit us, like, simultaneously. It's like the Wait, same guy. <laughs> I think that was Val Kilmer. And instantly, that fast we fell in love with Val Kilmer we thought that guy's so cool he's like he is such a great actor and it was because of his role oh my gosh I still like that's my favorite Val Kilmer role yeah Mad Mardigan oh my gosh better than uh was it Tombstone yeah better than Tombstone yeah and I love that I love that character too Val Kilmer is yeah he he's been in some good movies he has except for uh <clears throat> Batman Forever but it's all right Val not your fault. No, I would agree with that. It's not his fault. It's Joel Schumacher's fault. That's whose fault it is. Ugh. Well, I think that's going to do it for the game break. Okay. Let's move on. A couple more things I want to talk about. So when it comes to games kind of becoming these interactive movies, I mean, even at the E3 uh, Expo, it's <sighs> they show the games as if they're movies. Game trailers right. look like movie trailers. Right. So I think that the lines will it's continue blurred. to blur. No, you're right. But it's that thing of, do you want to experience a story for two hours and 20 minutes in the movie theater, or do you want to experience it for 40 hours in an interact, in a game? Oh, the latter. I want the latter. So you'd much rather. Yeah. Yeah, I want the, the latter. latter meaning the game? The latter being, <laughs> being the game, yeah. <laughs> I want that extra content. 
You know, I want to know more about the story. Yeah. And the intricacies and you, of the world. I get more engaged with games than I do movies. That's just a personal preference, but I feel like I'm, I'm, my choices matter more. I get more attached to characters more. I mean, shoot, I've some of my most emotion evoking responses have been with games, mm -hmm. not so much movies because you really do feel like a spectator. Yeah. You're not you know? part of it. Exactly. Which is why go back to That's why I play RPGs the right way. By naming my main character, <laughs> which puts me in it even more instead of playing, instead of acting. Like when I play as the character's name, I feel like I'm acting mm. as that character mm. instead of actually taking over okay. ownership of that role. Which is why I think the silent protagonist style in RPGs works so well. Mm. You know, I mean, Cloud talked a little bit, but mm -hmm. for the most part, when it comes to RPGs of the PS1 era, it was a lot of silent protagonists. It's true. Voice acting wasn't a thing. You could easily put your name into the game. See, and I'm. this is where we're going to differ. I, I like... Fight me, bro. Right, right. <laughs> I like the voice acting. That's how I get engaged is the voice acting. I like the voice acting when it doesn't force you... It's, here, here's the thing that really bothers me with the voice acting. This is where it frustrated me. Final Fantasy X... Had voice acting, mm -hmm. right? So you were probably like, whoa, all mm -hmm. these characters yeah. have voices. It was really this cool. is major, except for Titus's questionable, you know, the laughing scene. Yeah. The ha, 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 <laughs> ha, ha, <laughs> Little awkward yeah. um, voice actor, but, you know, he did, he did what he needed to do. Uh, Oren was my favorite character. Okay. Though. Oh, he was so cool with his little yeah. walk around. Yeah, like, yeah, he was. He, was. Well, he doesn't even use both of his sleeves. He's so cool. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. Yeah, he was my favorite character. I remember, I remember seeing that character and, like, looking up to him and being like, wow, oh, yeah. I want to be that dude. That dude is so cool. Oh, yeah. He was, he was the first uh, character after Titus whose sphere grid I completed. Uh-huh. Because, you know, you got to complete the sphere oh, grid. Oh, sure. Like a crazy boy. Right. But see, Final Fantasy X voice acting. But you know what? You could name Titus. Hmm. Because Titus is a stupid name. It is. Titus is what most people called him, I think, in America. Right. You know, oh, Titus, T-I, Titus. But mm -hmm. it's supposed to be Titus. Hmm. Sounds a little, like, questionable. A little weird name. But I named him Dave. Mm -hmm. And they did this. They were smart about it. They Because when you hang out with somebody, I'm not constantly saying, Gerald. Hey, Gerald. Gerald, did you see that in the That's true. You know, usually you're just like, hey, man, come here. Hey, right. did you see this? And that's what they did with Final Fantasy X to avoid, they never had to say his name. Right. You could never. That's why you wouldn't know it was Titus or Titus. Right. Because they never actually say his name in the game. Right. And what was the only thing I really cared about with Final Fantasy X 2 was that they maintained it. Mm. So even though Final Fantasy X 2 had voice acting, you don't name any characters in that game. But Yuna's constant reference to Titus mm. is never by name. It's always him. See. Because they knew some people might not have named him Titus. Right. So we can't use the name Titus. And that annoyed me. I couldn't stand <laughs> that Yuna wouldn't call you by your name. Well, it, it, and, and it felt, for me, it felt very disingenuous. Well, because like, you don't know me. Yeah. See, I knew she did know me, which uh, is why she didn't say Titus. Okay. It would have hurt her too much. Gerald. <laughs> Gerald. It would have hurt her too much right. to say Dave. Right. So she had to just say, oh, him. I miss him. him. I miss him. I miss him. 
Or you. Oh, you. <laughs> oh, you. Oh, that stupid game. Never finished Ten Two. I One of these days, maybe that maybe that should be a game I stream on Twitch. Is like, Game Dave grits his teeth and bears it to finish FF Ten Two. Oh, God, I should not have said that because nope. that's going to be a thing. You're going to get the requests a, now. It's going to be memed very quickly and I will avoid it. Ugh, yuck. Ugh. Anyway, I don't even know how we got on that. But being in the game, right. I guess, is kind of the thing. And you're saying you get more emotional response and you feel more interactive and, and is cinematic yes. in a game than you would watching a movie in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. Hands down. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Just because between the cutscenes and between good voice acting, man, when you have a, a character death, even when you're like respawned, yeah, character you know, death is m- definitely more of a big deal in a video game because of the effort. Yes, especially if you don't see it coming. Which yes, Final Fantasy VII is like the cliche one to go with. You know, I didn't know that Eris was gonna die because mm-hmm. nobody else was playing Final Fantasy VII around me, and there wasn't like spoilers. There weren't let's plays and mm-hmm. everything online mm-hmm. to let you know. So I'm building up. Eris is a party member, right? Putting all this effort into leveling and grinding and buying all the best weapons and mm-hmm. armor, and then, whoosh. right? Ah, uh, crap! Right. <laughs> so it's like an emotional response for the story, but also a response to the effort and gameplay that you've put into these characters. You know, it's interesting too because uh, the example that I'm thinking about over and over in my mind is is Lara Croft. Okay. You know, the Tomb Raider mm-hmm. games. And Laura, I like that you said it right. Right. There's people out there that still say Laura Croft. Uh-huh. And it makes me want to smack somebody. Yeah. Those games, the the more recent reinvention. Sort of the reboot, right? Yeah, the, the reboot. Which uh, that's, Square published. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yes. And uh, the new one is uh, Shadow, I think. Yeah. Loved, loved Rise of the Tomb Raider. The voice acting, superb. When you die in that game... Like you feel it. It's guttural. Yeah. You know, like it's it's, it's a so... very rough, yeah, violent game. I mean, you kind of like when she dies or you know gets impaled or whatever. You're mm. like, oh man, that <laughs> is... that voice actress had some work to that do is in the rough in the sound booth. You know, and I've I've never cared less. In you know the movies, I'm just like I don't I don't care. Mm. I, or the, even the original, the y- PS1 games. Right, right. That was my first experience was the original on PS1. It's just, you're, I'm not invested, and I I really I really have to credit the voice acting and yeah, the CGI teams too because they do a good job evoking facial expressions and yeah. emotion. And mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider did very well, or I think it got panned. I, I think some of the Traditional fans didn't like it. I loved it. Yeah, I think it was back and forth. It was enough to keep it going. Yeah. Um, so they're continuing that series, the sort of oh rebooted sort of Lara Croft so series. Good. And, you know, but no desire to see the movie. That's what I was going to say, because the movie appears to be influenced by the new game series. Right. But, and she even looks the same. Yeah, but, um, and, and maybe I need to give it a shot, to be fair. Just go in with that low bar we talked yeah, about, and I you'll mean, be fine. No, I feel like... It's funny because it's so action-packed. I feel like the movie's trying to be the game mm. instead of like... No, and that's less not, of a story. Yeah, don't. that's not your strength. You're a movie. 
your tell strength story. is stories. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like it could have been if you made if you made a movie that was more like Indiana Jones, where the action's not the primary focus. Sec- of yeah, it's yeah. a secondary. It it supports yes. the story. Yes. It's not there just to be there. Right. That's exactly. A big and I feel like movies. exactly. And that's the problem with the movie is it's all about the action and the story's like an excuse to try to like make conflict. So you're shooting right. guns and punching people. So Rise of the Tomb Raider really pulled you in as that's Oh my gosh. Yeah. The only way it could have pulled you in more is if you could have named her Gerald. <laughs> if she was named Gerald, then oh, that's, that's a me. sexy woman's name right there, Gerald. Mm, Gerald, I can't wait to to bed Gerald. <laughs> 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 oh, oh boy, <laughs> oh boy, goodness! I, I think we're getting towards the end. Luckily, because <laughs> to save us, but that yeah, Tomb Raider. That's a huge. That's a huge example. That I should have had listed because there's been several movies. Mm-hmm. There's been so many games. Mm-hmm. It's sort of coming back and trying to come back still mm-hmm. with this new one. So you're gonna pick up Shadow of the Tomb Raider? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. See, I was never a big Tomb Raider. I like the original. And, and me neither. That's that's I think speaks to Sounds like I need to try it. Yeah. How great these games are is you know, I never was really sucking the originals. I always thought it was, a, it was like an Indiana Jones kind of knockoff or wannabe, mm-hmm. you know, and they just put a female, you know, protagonist in there. And it just never drew me in. These games draw me in because they're mm-hmm. they're gritty and they're dirty and they're just visceral, visceral. Yeah. Visceral. In, in a way that Indiana Jones could never be. And I love Indiana Jones. Yeah. But it doesn't try to be that. It, it tries to be its own thing, and I really give it a lot of credit for that. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to a game, so we'll ignore movies for now, and we'll just look at games as interactive movies. What, if you have to, you'll probably say they go hand in hand, mm-hmm. but try to not say they go hand in hand. Okay. What is most important, the way the game plays mm-hmm. or the story? You had to pick one. Oh, man. What's more important? Obviously, they go hand in hand. Right, right, right. But you have to pick because back in the day, it was it was gameplay or story. It right. wasn't. You usually didn't get both. You usually didn't get that both. that nailed it. It rarely nailed it. So if you had to pick one that was good and the other one is going to be bad, so it's definitely going to balance. The beam is going to get seesawed. So which one would you rather be good, the story or the gameplay for a for a video game? Oh man. Got him. That's rough. You know, I think, man. Um, I'll help you out. For me, it depends on the genre. Okay. So if it's a role-playing game, mm-hmm. I can almost take crappy gameplay if the story is crushing it. Because I'd be like, ah, I know this sucks. I don't want to have to do this, but I want to see what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like it becomes an additional challenge mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, the gameplay sucks. I don't want to play this gameplay, but that's how much I care about the story. I'm going to tough it out. And then it's like an extra challenge was like, yeah, I'm going to deal with not only beating this game, but also beating the crappy controls so I can experience this. Right. So for me, that's how it would work. But Yeah, I think for me, the answer is actually not one or the other, but either. If either is sufficiently good enough, mm-hmm. I'm in. So you can deal with a crappy story if the gameplay is crushing it. You can deal with a, 
uh, crappy, uh, what did I say? Which way? So yeah, either one. If one's crappy, the other one's got to be awesome. Exactly. Otherwise. And I can do, I can do either one. Okay. Yeah. So you, so you think gameplay alone could carry a game, but story alone can also carry yes. a game. Yes. All right. And that's, that's the benefit of being an interactive medium mm -hmm. as opposed to a movie where actually, you know what? It's similar. It's similar. And I got to say it, Jackie Chan, my boy, <laughs> love you, Jackie Chan, love his movies. That happens a lot with Jackie Chan movies. Sometimes you'll have a movie where the story's good and the action's amazing. Consistently, I'd say 90% of the time, all of Jackie Chan's movies have amazing action. The action, the fight scenes are yeah. always stellar. Yeah. Stories and acting, not always stellar. <laughs> Still great movies, but not always stellar. But it, it's similar to like a game where you're getting through the gameplay, or you're getting through the story uh -huh. to get to the fun gameplay. Yeah, that's what happens in some Jackie Chan movies where the story is horrendous. Where you're like, all right, but I know he's gonna do a kick butt stunt very soon. Right. He's got to get through this 15 minutes of exposition. He'll be jumping off a bridge. Right. I'll be fine. Right. And it makes it worth it. You know, and I think he's one of the few actors out there that can pull that off. Oh, yeah. It's not something that you can get away with with a big budget Hollywood yeah. movie. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. You know, he was in a movie with uh, Johnny Knoxville recently. Really? Yeah. I'm not surprised that you're surprised. Because <laughs> who would know? Who would care? Right. But yeah, he was, oh, uh, yeah, check that out. I've seen it. You know, I got to keep up to date with Jackie. He's mm -hmm. also, he was also recently in this very weird science fiction film. Recent, I'm talking like last year. Wow. Oh, I haven't watched it yet, but I hear it's rough. But mm -hmm. I got to, I got to do it for Jackie. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's. Good guy. He's getting older. Yeah. He's not doing the fight scenes the way he used to. He's just doing movies he can do. Sure. But yeah, him and Johnny Knoxville. Detroit, mm. It's almost like a buddy it's a buddy road trip movie. You know, I was just going to say, that seems like a good buddy film right there. And I actually really like, this is going to sound weird, I like Johnny Knoxville a lot. And I don't know why. Something about him, he's very likable. Yeah. Despite being, like, a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just like him. You know, I think he's true to himself i don't think he's trying yeah. to be some something he's not yep and i think and he's, he never he never tried to no he's consistently yep. that way and he's but he's also grown i think mm -hmm. as an adult mm -hmm. like despite his, and that's endearing yeah you yeah. know he's likable because if he was still where he was emotionally <laughs> yeah yeah it'd be tough oh my gosh it'd be hard to like the guy but because he has grown mm -hmm. i saw him in an interview recently because he's got that new film uh action point yeah which is kind of based, I believe it's based on the, the theme park. Do you know hmm. a lot about this movie? I don't. So Action uh, action Point or Action Park, I think it's Action Point. I don't know. But it was like this crazy theme park in the, I believe, 70s or 80s. And it was dangerous. I'm talking about these rides were not to code. Hmm. And they were so outrageous. Mm -hmm. They got, got shut down and people would get injured all the time. But people still went because it was the craziest amusement park mm -hmm. like they had one where it was just like this concrete scooped out slide down this hill and you'd be going like 80 miles an hour on like a little cart thing right just, people would like fly out of it all wow. the time it was like oh all right oh, okay just breaking bones and oh stuff my but gosh. yeah so i think the movie is kind of about that the ridiculousness hmm. of that park and i think this guy that 
did ridiculous things. Right. And, yeah. I kind of want to see that now. Yeah, I, I'm curious. I'm curious. I actually had recently seen it on uh, one of my, you know, I'm going to promote somebody who doesn't even know me, Defunct Land. It's this YouTube channel that I have just fallen in love with because I'm a big amusement park fan. Mm-hmm. So Defunct Land is this YouTube channel where they look at defunct amusement park rides that don't exist anymore. Wow. Like, a lot of the ones at Universal Studios that I grew up with at Universal Studios Mm -hmm. are gone. Like, the Ghostbusters show Mm -hmm. is gone. Mm -hmm. The Back to the Future ride is gone. Jaws is gone. Jaws is gone. And he's he's covered the history of those rides Mm -hmm. already. And that's what I first found. I was like, oh, I love this stuff. Yeah. And even about amusement parks I never visited. Right. He did one on that that park. Hmm. And it was really interesting. So Defunct Land, great YouTube channel. Check it out if you're into amusement parks. Really fun. I'm going to check it Goes out. Goes through the history. Really in-depth stuff. And he, he he's doing this. Uh, Kevin Perjurer is the guy who runs it. And it just keeps getting better and better. Like he's, he's one of those guys who he, he took something. And it ended up being a hit. Yeah. And instead of just doing the same thing, he's he's made it better and better. Man, good for him. With each episode. Defunct Land, not a sponsor. <laughs> but uh, he's getting the views, so he could probably sponsor us. He can sponsor us. And he also has a a podcast where they kind of go more in depth. Right. About the theme park that they talk cool. about. Yeah, really good check I, out. I, I love theme parks too. Yeah. So it's almost like uh, you know you can ride the movies. Right. An interactive movie. You wow. Who saved it? <laughs> yeah so i i think games are going to continue at least modern games mm-hmm. and in that the the typical triple a now indie games i think are still going to focus on gameplay mm-hmm. but there are indie games with great stories as well but mm-hmm. it seems to me like final kind of point triple a the big budget games are definitely going to continue to move towards being like interactive movies i think mm-hmm. unless you're getting into like you know puzzle games right kind of hard to it off right tetris the the movie right tetris the movie the game <laughs> <laughs> oh no it uses assets from the from the movie in the game it's the same game but it uses the assets it's, it's, a, it's a great game <laughs> so it's time for some q a okay very quick q a today <clears throat> so everyone asked will this show ever be available in an audio only podcast format <laughs> so i keep getting that question yeah and i guess we'll just say it yes Yes, it's happening. It's happening. I just have to figure it out. <laughs> so you've asked for it. We're going to take Digitally Distracted, which I, I touted as a talk show just because mm-hmm. I wanted to avoid the word podcast. But let's be honest. It, it'll work. It'll work. I, I actually thought it was going to be a podcast. Yes, the first, whoa, pulling back the curtain. Yeah. See how the sausage gets made and <laughs> and eaten. <laughs> the very first shoot that we did was the virtual reality episode, and, and Gerald came over, and he had a long sleeve shirt on or something, I think, and uh, I was like, all right, and he saw the lights and the camera, and... Yep, and I was like, oh, are we going to film this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you said podcast, I just thought... I thought it was just going to be microphones, and Dave showed me pictures of the set, and I was like, man, we're really... Yeah. Method, we're method here, you know? Yeah, isn't like, that funny that not once did you think to say... Why would why would you buy chairs and mugs right. and I a table we were and all just that? Getting into you know the studio just kind to make of it feel. I think uh, I had like pet hair on my shirt. <laughs> oh yeah, I you know I came over like a bum and he's like, "Are you another shirt?" And I was like, "No, why do I need a sh- why do, why I, do I need another yeah. shirt?" It, what's really crazy, and this becomes a regular thing. We this is uh, probably what episode five by this mm-hmm. point. It's a regular thing that I have to lint brush Gerald. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> This is how bad it was. He had a, he had a long sleeve, sort of a sweater. Yeah, it was like a hoodie, I think. 
it was yeah it had like uh, so, it had like a cool like retro color design on the front. I thought that was pretty yeah, sweet. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so I told him it was going to be filmed. They're like, "Oh, I didn't realize that." And then you take that shirt off, <laughs> and that one had hair on it. That one, you must have dogs. <laughs> just one. Yeah, just one. Just one. Yeah. Enough hair for dogs. Yeah. But just one. Yeah. Um. So hey, Gerald thought it was going to be an audio only podcast version instead of just his video talk show. So we're going to make it both. Right. I'll keep y'all posted as we get down uh, the road of setting it up, but it's not going to be that complicated. It's just going to be this in an audio format that hopefully you can easily download and listen to on your way to work or whenever you've got some time to pop some headphones in. Mm -hmm. So that is coming. There's your answer. Stop asking me about it. Actually, keep asking me. The comments help the the video get uh, more popular. (laughs) So that's going to finish it up. Yeah, great. Yeah. So in closing... If you have a question for the Q&A, as always, you can leave it in the comments on this episode. We will both be diligently reading through the comments and pulling those questions out. If you have topics you want to suggest for future shows, you can do that as well. And if you don't want to do it in the comments, you can also use the hashtag digitally distracted on Twitter or at me on Twitter. Find me, follow me. I give you all the great updates on Twitter. And lastly, you can support the show on Twitter. Patreon. There's a lot of exclusives and behind the scenes you can check out there. But until next time, I'm Game Dave. I'm Gerald. Thanks for getting digitally distracted with us.